I've actually been in two relationships where pornography has been a feature. The first one was a significant feature, though I'd just come out of that relationship when I met my current husband, my only husband. We're actually both in recovery from our own respective alcohol and drug addictions, and so we met in AA. We'd had conversations about um, whether pornography was going to be okay for us. Our first proper abroad family holiday, I found a video loaded on his phone on his birthday. I just recently um, found a letter that I wrote afterwards and I described in the letter how there was a huge part of me that just wanted to close the phone down and put it away and just pretend that I hadn't seen it. A big part of it was fear, like what does this mean? I've just married this man. <laughs> I pretty calmly kind of said, want to talk about this? And you know, I can remember the colour draining from his face as he realises he's busted. That's probably a day I'll never forget. As a recovered drug addict herself, Kat knows more about addiction than most women in her situation. Studies have shown that women can feel a sense of betrayal from their partner's porn use, but they'll often stay silent because they don't want to come across as a prude. In this podcast, I wanted to find out if women have got a problem with porn as well. It's estimated that 90% of boys and young men use pornography, but what separates the average porn consumer from an addict? For something to be classified as an addiction, there has to be escalation. This is Paula Hall. She's a therapist who helps people with porn problems, singles and couples alike. It might start as 20 minutes of porn a day, but then it became an hour a day, two hours a day, five hours a day. The genres of porn have become increasingly hardcore. They've started looking offline as well. That really is the hallmark of addiction. Addictions vary in severity. Think about alcohol. You've got your problem drinker who just drinks too much every Saturday night. And you have the park bench alcoholic who's lost their family, lost their job, lost their home, lost everything. So you can't have any treatment programs that is one size fits all because humans just aren't all one size. Paula says that the World Health Organization have two Bibles for recognizing that a health condition is real and compulsive sexual behaviour is going to appear in both of these. Up until now, porn addiction and sex addiction have not appeared in either of those, um, those Bibles. But the World Health Organisation a few weeks ago have said that compulsive sexual behaviour disorder, so this is a different label but for the same thing, will actually be in the next edition of ICD, in ICD-11. Um, that has major implications for people working with, with this as a, as a mental health condition that is affecting people's lives. But it was extremely difficult to find men to talk about excessive porn use, especially on record. Most men were very cautious and one or two actually pulled out of participation. So instead, I decided to speak to the experts. Hello. This is me. Waiting at a vacant bar in Soho in London. There's not a bartender in sight, and it feels like I've walked into some kind of setup. Hello. Hello. Hi there, sorry. Um, I'm here for a meeting. So I didn't say uh, who I was looking for because I'm a bit worried they'd judge me for going to a meeting for porn producers. <laughs> As people who deal directly with the audience, I thought they'd have wide-ranging views on the topic. 
Yeah, but right. the thing is, it's being misconstrued. It's like it's a, 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 a health problem now, you know, and I don't think it is. I disagree. When I thought I had sex addiction, it was impacting on my life. Um, and there's a survey online with, for argument's sake, 25 questions in it, and it says, um, does your, uh, does your, your potential addiction impact on your family, on your finances, on how you work, and there's a whole list. And if you have, if you tick, for example, five out of the 27 items, you are, would be classified as a sex addict. But it's varying degrees. I ticked, I think, 25 out of the 27, and I was quite sad that I'd missed two. <laughs> You're about to meet Lacey Starr. She's one of the producers I met, but she also moonlights in a different role. Hi, I'm Dr. Lacey, sex therapist. Thank you for joining me today. In this clip from one of her videos, Lacey's shown treating a man who says he's addicted to sex. He's the first thing I think about in the morning, and I wake up. Yeah. So you think about sex, or you just want to have sex as soon as you? Yes. Sex, right. an addiction. It is. Yeah. It's a bit tongue-in-cheek, but he says he's struggling to have sex with his girlfriend. Also, the strange thing is, I don't do anything with my girlfriend. So you don't we have, have sex? sex at all because I like to have. A girl every day, every day another girl, you see. The juxtaposition between being a being a therapist and being a, a porn producer are, are quite are quite funny. One of my kind of characters is Dr. Lacey, who is a sex therapist. So I I shot all these scenes as a sex therapist, but they're porn. So I kind of have somebody come in to my office, talk to me about their issues, sex issues. It is the same, whatever it is you're addicted to, pretty much the same. That's why I initially asked you when you're upstairs, is why, why do you use the word porn? Is it because it's quite a kind of titillating and it's quite an interesting little aside, you know, let's look at porn. But addiction is a very serious problem, it's a really serious issue. And any addiction um, does impact on every aspect of your life. Compulsive sexual behaviour disorder must involve some kind of disruption to everyday responsibilities or relationships. So, I asked Kat. So did your relationship change after you found out? Gosh, I was angry that he had lied. You know, we could, because we'd had those conversations, above all else, it was the deliberate deception. He had told me that's not an issue um, when he knew it was such a big issue for me. And it was really rough for... Uh, for the first several months, as we're working out, what does this mean for us? Is it is it an addiction? Is he an addict, or or is he just a a git? And I recognised that I was in trauma. I was having a traumatic response to this. I was having intrusive thoughts and flashbacks and, and I became hyper aware of women in my surroundings. Well, I don't look like those women, the women that are in the pornography that he's been looking at. So you start to look around in your surroundings and wonder, well, is he looking at her and is he looking at her and is he looking at her? I know that my husband went through a period of being really terrified 
He was going to lose his wife, he was going to lose his children. So we made some big mistakes along the way. You know, I would kind of say to him, I'm feeling like this. And when I would express my pain to him about what he had done, that would make him feel shame. It would make him feel like he wanted to run away. He was scared he was going to say the wrong thing. So we had some pretty disastrous conversations. In the early days of his recovery, he would come and confess anything that kind of troubled his conscience or that made him feel uncomfortable. Oh gosh, I looked at this woman today and oh, I looked at this image today and oh, I was like, I, I actually, in that letter I mentioned, I wrote, I'm being murdered by paper cuts. I think of the couples we work with in couple counselling, uh, probably 80% success rate, but a significant number won't even start the journey. They will have gone before. Increasingly recognising the impact that both sex and porn addiction has on the couple relationship. Um, for partners, it's, it's not necessarily the, the porn per se that is an issue. And of course, if it's, if it's a partner that doesn't have any moral objection, they might actually be quite supportive of it. It is the deceit. It is the lies, it is the hidden secret life that partners find traumatising, discovering that their partner is not who they thought they were at all. I mean, how would you feel if that was a struggle that never stopped? That's, that's a hard question to answer. You know, I think most women who go through this live for a long time on a kind of day-by-day -day basis kind of almost ask yourself, is there enough today to make this worth it? And if that is different in 10 years time, if there's not enough, then who knows? Women ask me a lot, does that fear of waiting for something else to happen ever go away? And I don't know if it ever does. Yeah, I think we're naturally defensive, aren't we? What to hold on to instead of accepting I've come along to a men's group run by a church in London that's giving a safe space for people to talk about the shame that they feel. Not, not looking at pornography or you have a feeling, I, I didn't, I've not acted out since mm. that date. Aren't I doing well? Don't criticise me. I'm, the idea is that talking about things in a group takes the shame and guilt away and the feeling that no one understands. Sally Childress and her husband John help run the ministry together. I think just basically sharing life, being vulnerable and um, storytelling and listening are one of the most powerful things we can do for one another. Learning to be vulnerable, learning to listen to one another, you find in that something of yourself and you realise you're not alone in the world, in your struggle. Paula says it's important not to moralise the issue so that society can talk about the mental health problems presented. It is very, very easy to get caught up in the moral debate, and particularly um, when you're working with faith communities. And I, I have been invited to speak on so many feminist rallies and Christian anti-porn rallies and about how the evils of pornography. And whilst, of course, there is a moral element. The problem is when we keep engaging only in those debates, we lose the mental health debate. We lose the fact that this is seriously impacting many, many people's lives. Mm -hmm. And when we only talk about the moral side, what we do is actually just reinforce stigma and shame, rather than being able to talk about the, the mental health impact as sure. well. And we were in a very similar position with alcohol 
80 years ago. What's so important about that is it just means we can start talking about it. It gets rid of some of the stigma. It gets rid of the, the sort of jokes about porn addicts just being a bunch of wankers or whatever. It means that as a society we can start taking it seriously. Addictions are often much more deep-rooted than just simple pleasure. I think what I think what people don't understand is that it's not about sex. When you're using pornography to medicate pain, it stops being about sex. And not everybody uses porn for that reason, but the people who do use it for that reason do do discover that having lots of sex doesn't stop them looking at porn because it's it's something else that they're doing with it. What pornography gives you is the ability to pretend that you have intimacy. Now that we have rooted out some of those fears and intimacy issues, we have a whole different level of that that I didn't even know that we didn't have before, if that makes sense. So would you say that your husband's fixed? I don't know that he is fixed. Um, you know, with alcohol addiction, or for me it was drug addiction, like I can just not take drugs. I don't ever have to do that ever again and it will not affect my life. The reason why any of the sexually based addictions are so much more difficult is because unless you want to be celibate, you are going to need to find a healthy way to engage with sexual behavior. There's this sense in our society that if you have an addiction and you stop doing the addictive behavior, then you're fixed. It's about what, what is a healthy person and how do I become one? The music you heard at the start and the end of the podcast was made by Incompetech.com. You can find copyright details and a link in the description. Thanks for listening.